come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your poltergeist, Kinsey. I'm your poltergeist, Donna. I'm your poltergeist, Mac. And before we start this week's episode, we just want to let everybody know, especially our longtime listeners, uh, Pig, who was the pug that you would hear on a lot of our earlier episodes, uh, has crossed over the Rainbow Bridge and, you know, just wanted to just let everybody know that she will be missed and she she was a she was a very, very funny lady, very funny doggo. She was a sweet little girl and surprisingly soft little fur and mm. a lot of snorkels and snuffs. Yep. Genetics may have uh, wanted to prevent her from ever breathing correctly, but she did far longer than anyone thought rational. We, we love you, pig. We yes. do. Love you, pig. All right. And this week we watched the 1987 cult classic, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. This is kind of going to just let everybody know. This kind of starting a theme leading up to The Exorcist, our our devil suite, if you will. I don't know why I did devil horns and did a face for a listening audience, but you know what? This was a choice. This was well, a choice. The audience got the retching, so that you know you created a soundscape for them to you know insert whatever image they wanted. We will CGI some. <laughs> soup onto <laughs> Kenzie at great expense that no one will ever see, no. but you will know it's there. There you go. We will. <laughs> we, we will know it's there. Yeah. Um, so let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Had you seen it before? This is kind of a little bit of a deep dive, even for being a Carpenter film. I had never seen it before. I honestly have not decided yet if I liked it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or a better way to put it might be that there were parts about it I really did like and parts about it I was kind of like, did you really go there, John? Um, but there were things that I did really enjoy about it. So um, there you go. All right. Um, I actually had watched it for the first time earlier this summer because I went through a march of Carpenter's uh, canon and I realized I had a lot of blind spots in the back half. Um, uh, it... I. <sighs> There, I think I'm exactly in agreement with Donna. There's a lot to like, and then a lot where I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting patiently through some stuff I wouldn't normally otherwise. Not to be a, like offended by, you know, weird theology or anything like that. Uh, the movie drags a little bit in the middle when all of the stuff is happening. Got a good start. It's got Donald Pleasance, which can't go wrong. With, well, you can go wrong there, but, you know... You, you you know uh and then the ending i think is uh a lot stronger than that second act yeah so i had seen this before uh this is one i do remember watching weirdly when i was younger not really the shocker i know i know right <laughs> right <laughs> right i i know I, I can see the surprise looks and hear the surprise in everybody's voice about oh, what like I saw it when I was younger and I even rem- like I have a memory of like my dad coming in as I'm watching it and I'm telling him what I'm watching. He's like, yeah, that one's a weird one, Kins, but uh, 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty weird. And that's it. <laughs> but I, I am on the fence about it. I do. I, I am in agreement agreement with both of you because uh, I recently went back and rewatched it several years ago. I mean, I bought it when Scream Factory did it and they did a phenomenal job cleaning it up because it oh. used to be very dark and very hard to see everything. But there's things I like about it and there are things that I don't know that, that just there's something like it's it's got the good bone work and it just needs a little 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 something. Now, for those of you who don't know what Prince of Darkness is about, <laughs> oh Donna, Mm-mm. Donna's Donna's ready. What you got, Donna? No, you go ahead. Okay, you, you go ahead. Okay, you you, ha- you haven't said anything specifically for Donna to object to yet. Got gotcha. you're about to. All right. Well, IMDb, uh, everybody's BFF for life. <laughs> They want you to know a group of graduate students and scientists uncover an ancient canister in an abandoned church. But okay, when they so far. but when they open the container, they inadvertently no. <laughs> unleash a strange liquid and an evil force for all humanity. They opened nothing. They did not. They did not open a thing. I object. <laughs> Listen, there is a need for some. Science needs to be careful. Cautionary movies. I agree. But in this case, the scientists did nothing. They touched nothing. <laughs> the, Even, goo t- the goo touched them. Yes. Even the one who said we should take a sample. They didn't take a sample. They were, in fact, sampled themselves. <laughs> it, it's like when we talk about like alien, where it's like, hey, follow the quarantine rules. Maybe that doesn't save you. Maybe it's just, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, they not following the quarantine rules gives you the illusion of control. In this case, the scientists were the victims. Shame on you, IMDb. Shame on you. I stand I, for the scientists. I stand for IMDb getting their shit together. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what it's really about is the secret origin of the Nickelodeon slime, I think. That, that's where it began, <laughs> and that's how we got to where we are. But really, what it's about, and I had this note when I watched it for the first time uh, uh, a couple months ago, uh, it's Assault on Parish 13. Woo! That was a joke that really, really felt good for too long and doesn't feel nearly as good after I've said it. But I've said the number 13. Oh, the number 13, number 13. I find it very interesting because there's there ends up being in this team, 13 uh, scientists, graduate students. It's 13 all together. And with this being so as Screen Factory so lovingly put on their box, uh, John Carpenter's satanic classic. (laughs) It feels very on the nose that that is very deliberate with the 13. and set in a church. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, hmm, I don't know. It just seems like when you get to 13, that's a deliberate choice. Yeah. Seven seems like a deliberate choice. 13 seems like a deliberate choice. I mean, you can even with, you can even make the argument three is a deliberate choice, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're doing something uh, devil related, like, yeah. yeah. Especially when, like, the the best of Carpenter has a simple ruthlessness to it, whereas this movie feels too crowded. 
it's it's very crowded and it's very I, I do agree with you with I do agree with both of you that the middle the middle act is fat. And I mean this isn't a very long movie. Like this no. is this is this is an hour and 41 minutes. I mean it's a tight film, but then it, you have nine minutes of opening credits. Like I don't know if either of you yeah. realize that that's nine minutes. That's you know, so then you have a 90-minute film that is still a little bloated in the middle. <laughs> like it's crowded enough that when we got to the third act and we had Victor Wong, Lisa Blunt, Bry Guy, and some dude with dark hair in the room, you're like, oh, he's going to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I think I've seen him before in this film. If you haven't seen them in a another Carpenter film, they're going to die or if they're not doing something you know, very heavy to the plot. Uh, generic guy with the dark mullet, you know he's going to die. The 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 three guys that were out there talking outside, they're cannon fodder. You know they're <laughs> they're dead. Uh, oh my gosh! But you guys have opened the door on Brian, so I have a theory of Brian. Tell uh, us about Brian. Does it have uh, anything to do with? Tom Atkins it with a totally, T. It does totally have something to do with Tom Atkins with a T. My my headcanon is Tom was not available to do this film, so they got a great value, Tom Atkins, and that's why we got Brian. <laughs> that or he wrote this earlier for Tom Atkins, and when he got the money together, Atkins was maybe just an inch too old for the role. So they yeah. had they yeah. had to go back to the lab filled with green goo and and create a new Tom Atkins because uh, Tom Atkins is not actually his name. It's his species. He comes from the planet Tom Atkinsia. And uh, that planet long since destroyed. But we maintain genetic material to create Tom Atkins on order if we need to. Ah, that is an interesting idea you're, you've expressed there. Yeah. 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 I, I actually do want to veer away from brian and tom atkins for just a minute because there is something really important in this film that i need to discuss and just get it off my chest early on and that is dr paul Leahy. i have a note about him donna okay so the first thing i need to mention is that you cannot trust the Leahy's with only one e okay they are a problem the Leahy's with only one e are not to be trusted and the second thing, he was mispronouncing his own name, okay? You may not notice that he was mispronouncing his own name, but he was not pronouncing the H. He was pronouncing his name, Leahy. you got to pronounce that H. It's Leahy. Leahy. Pronounce that H. He was not pronouncing the H. I have a problem. He was not a real Leahy. And that's why I say you can't trust the guys with only one E. And you can tell because he turned in the end. I just like that both sides of the Leahy coin are pro-science. I just wanted to bring that out to you, Donna. <laughs> I just, I, 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 you know what? I won't trust, you know, the one E Leahy's, but I like that they're both pro, pro-science, both sides. According to my mother, who was into genealogy, two brothers migrated from Ireland arrived at Ellis Island, and the split occurred there when their names were recorded at Ellis Island, and there was a 1E Leahy and a 2E Leahy, and that's where it happened. So we may now move on. 
All right. Well, but just I remember, do not trust the one E. Lakeys. I'm kind of dipping back into talking about Carpenter. I don't know if either of you know this, but this is the second film in his unofficial Apocalypse trilogy. The first one being The Thing. There's this one. And then In the Mouth of Madness. Mm-hmm. And it's because of all of all three of them have a very bleak ending. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think it was like back in like, I can't remember if it was the late 90s, mid to early 2000s is when he was like, yeah, I'd call this my my apocalypse trilogy he kind of renamed it yeah are they connected in any way other than they're bleak nope and other than they're bleak and the creator says that they're an unofficial trilogy thematic Uh trilogy rather than yeah uh continuity trilogy yeah um although it's certainly possible in the same way that all of kevin smith's movies are interrelated and take place in the same timeline that this shares a universe with Halloween because our friend the priest, depending on who you ask, is Sam Loomis's cousin or brother or, you know, look-alike friend who was adopted into the family. It's a parent trap thing. They were twins yeah. separated. <laughs> I would pay a lot of money to say see two little pleasances in a in a in a freaky Friday. Not, not not freaky fright. No, that's a parent trap uh, uh, redo. <laughs> I shot him six times. <laughs> so oh I, my gosh! I have to say the early scene in this film with Victor Wong and Donald Pleasance just chewing up the scenery together—that is my childhood right there. Because I loved, as we all know, Halloween. And Big Trouble in Little China. This is like this is like peanut butter and chocolate together here. <laughs> it's great to me. I think that that may be why I have I give this film a lot of lot of slap. <laughs> Speaking of which, I I sat through this whole movie going, I know Walter. I know Walter. I've seen him in something else. I really liked him in something else. And I finally had to go to IMDb. And look him up to go, oh, Jesus. He's <laughs> the guy from Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, how did I not know that? So, very annoyed at myself. Uh, but, yes, Victor Wong and uh, and Loomis yeah. together. But that brings me to another observation I had Something very unusual for 1986. This was a surprisingly diverse cast. And outside of Walter making a couple of Asian jokes, like, come on, Walter, dude. Outside of Walter making a couple Asian jokes, there were no particular references to um, race. This felt this felt to me a lot like a Bloomhouse flick yeah. with the diversity and the no particular reference to people's race or gender yeah yeah i mean it was now that you mention it you know yeah it's it's a pretty a pretty diverse cast yeah like there was no point that victor wong was you know that he needed to be an asian man no he was a uh a a physicist professor right is that right Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah like yeah and that's yeah. it. He was a physics professor. Yeah. So um, 
it was uh, I, I, that was something I really appreciated, especially for 1986. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's 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 very surprising. <laughs> yeah, so that would go in the things I liked about the film column. So one of the things I do like, kind of talking about those columns here, is especially during this time, Carpenter was swinging for the fences. I'm not saying they all hit hard, but they're right, they're just a little too early. This is one of them. I think Big Trouble in Little China is one of them. There's a lot in his his mid catalog that is just a little. It's not quite there yet. For it's missing topic. Deborah Hill. Well, yeah, yeah. Because I, I I I watched Escape from L.A. just yesterday, and the energy's back, and I'm like, yeah, it's your girl, it's your girl Deborah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That I'll I'll co-sign on that one. Yeah. So do you think the cast is so bloated just to get to thirteen? Do you think that's that's the whole reason? I I l- was noticing that the cast was so bloated. I did not key into the thirteen thing, but that's a reasonable enough explanation. I mean, y- you want to believe Carpenter just doesn't do anything for no reason, and it doesn't feel like this is one of those movies where he got a little too ensnared in the studio system to not be in control of what's happening. So it feels like he's in control. So he's, I, I gotta believe he did it for a reason. And that's a reason that I can accept. So I'm, I'm willing to go with it. Yeah. I, I agree with you that under normal circumstances, because it's a big studio film, it kind of got away from him, but that 13, it just kind of kind of slaps you in the face, especially with the subject matter mm-hmm. that you can't, overlook it at the same time background characters are a thing you don't have to give every character a line you know and i think i think that's something he could have done is have some of those characters be background characters who didn't have to have a line yeah and i think that goes back to what we were talking about with the pacing for the length of the film that middle act is just a little bit off and i think it is because he's he has a lot that he's trying to explain with what's going on. Yeah. And I think that's what's getting him bogged down. Like, mm-hmm. I think you could have had it explained, maybe not with telling, but you know, like with, with her typing in the book, like kind of what they, they started to do just a little bit of that, you know, and then Donna, not all the background characters getting lines, but you meant- uh, yeah. You mentioned the word typing. This movie is an absolute symphony of bad movie typing. <laughs> just, just clack, 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 beep, 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 like, come on. And then there's one scene where Pleasance, he had to either be looking at a teletype or he's literally the worst screen typist ever. <laughs> Because he's just staring at it like he's got that carpenter stare and all the information's coming in. I noticed a good half a dozen times where I was like, no, that's you weren't typing that. Let's not. Come on. I'm I'm with you. The devil's in the green goo. Sure. Let's have a good time. But I I, I need your people to actually connect the fingers with the keys. Mac Pleasance was an old man. The arthritis might have been acting up, so he couldn't really. I'd have given him a pass. This was in his peak period, peak like blotto drunk period when he showed up on SNL asking everybody, Where's Gilda? Uh, 
like the man's done his bid. I, I, if it was just him, but literally everyone else was almost as bad as he was at the at the movie typing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know. I agree. Depress a key, Donald. Yeah. <laughs> just please depress one key. Anything. Any key. But where's the any key? I cannot find it. It is in the beyond. <laughs> Shut up, Donald. Just not everything's <laughs> not everything's cosmically important. Just press a button. Pressed it six times. I pressed the keys. <laughs> <laughs> Keyboard staring at me, looking beyond me, looking at the screen. <laughs> And which also kind of definitely tells you Carpenter's headspace. I do love the priest rolling up in a limo. Mm-hmm. There, there is a deeply cynical core uh-huh. to everything Carpenter does. Yeah. And we haven't really mentioned the the unhoused population that also is helping. Led uh, by I, Alice Cooper. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was going was where I was going with that. Because uh, I did not know that until a couple of years ago that that was Alice Cooper. <laughs> Which does beg the question, why do you have Alice Cooper? And he's got such a small part. It's 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 really not a huge part. You You see him come out and stare at the sky a few times. And then he impales somebody on half a bicycle. And that's pretty much his part. Well, the impaling on half a bicycle, that is one of the props on his stage show that he did want used in the film. And they were like, okay, yeah, man, cool. So FYI on that, I know Mac is looking up why. Executive producer Shep Gordon, noted music producer, was uh, Alice Cooper's manager. And he just said, hey, Alice will do it. You want to come spend it. a day or two on a soundstage? Yeah. Okay. And then and then Cooper actually uh, recorded a song titled Prince of Darkness, which is, you know, this might be patient zero for the uh, popular song at the end of the film, recounting the film. Uh, it, it, the Cooper song doesn't really like it. And the 13 guys went into the parish. Oh, no, there's the green goo. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I had to pause the film because I was convinced the guy that got impaled on the half a bicycle was the guy from Poltergeist who pulled his face off. Mm. It does not appear to be, but I was convinced and spent some time researching that. Similar facial construction. This is kind of random, but I need to point this out here. Calder's laugh is creepy. It's still creepy. Like, I feel like this is why the guy got the job. You know what I mean? Like, because he's got a creepy laugh. And yeah, I'm laugh creepy for us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That was really good. Also, listening audience, just another good rule. If you see a homemade crucifix outside of a building that you're by, don't touch it. Just you see it. Just turn back around. Only accept, like, manufactured crosses, yeah. Speaking of which, I feel like they missed a bet on that one. If that bird had fluttered, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> if that bird had been alive, give, give, my brain would have... Donna would have been out. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like they missed a bet there. That that would have been the end of me and right see, there. 
And I think that's a good point of just what we were kind of talking about that second act. Like there are pockets of something being really good, just like, and trying to build that creep factor. I mean, I do agree with Mac. I think he's hit the nail on the head that Deborah Hill is the, is the missing green goo. <laughs> missing green. <laughs> we miss you, Debbie. Yeah. No, miss, no. Miss- Anyone named Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> we miss all the Debs. Yeah. yeah. So. Except for my um, stepmother-in-law. I do not miss her. Although she's very much with us. Story. That's all right. All right. <laughs> she's an unpleasant person. She's not going to listen to this. <laughs> okay. So all can right. we can we talk about Kelly's transformation and then the final stuff with the mirror? Can we talk Kelly about Kelly was the, the first one. No, Kelly. Yeah, the one that got marked. The blonde. Oh, the blonde. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She is not a blonde in her picture. Yeah. Uh, she was a blonde. For this Is film. it Susan? No, Susan was the radiologist. See, they're throwing me off because Susan is a blonde in her picture <laughs> and Kelly is a redhead in her picture. Yeah. There was no hope I was going to keep these characters straight with this many characters. I have I've got Doc, I've got Donald Pleasance. Uh, I've got the, the the professor. I've got uh young Atkins mm-hmm. uh and uh Hitchcock and or Scully from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And that's about it. And then the rest. They had yeah, Professor Paul Leahy. Yeah. Did not key into that as much as others might have. The subtitles helped. That is how I yeah. caught it. Like I, I I had to pause. I paused so much that I went to go look up the spelling of Donna's last name to see if it was exactly the same. <laughs> no. He's a and one it, E Leahy. Yep. And it is not. But no, I really I, I liked her transformation. I liked how it looked on her. Like it just, just that she looked like she was rotting. Like I thought it was just, it was creepy and it was gross. And I'm here for both of those things. And I liked kind of jumping back to Pleasance. I liked that, you know, in, in horror films, Pleasance kind of has a a type that he's going to, that he's going to have all the answers. He's going to help save it. And the fact that he's cowering, and hiding like I uh, I liked that that he was I mean I think this also goes back to Max's uh, cynical <laughs> note but man that shot the, the mirror shots with that hand coming through like that is creepy well to yeah. back up a minute when we first saw the swollen belly I just rolled my eyes I was like of course we're going for a pregnancy thing oh my god <sighs> and then the belly went down and I was like, okay, I don't know what we're doing now, you know? And it was, uh, it was just a bit, it's just a bit of gas, Donna. Yeah. (laughs) It was, it was refreshing that we didn't go for the obvious thing. Yeah. We didn't go for the obvious thing. So good on you, Mr. Carpenter. And then, yeah, she just, well, the thing is when I opened up, um, Amazon to get this film the first image I saw was her bloody face and I thought well that's um a wild thing to have as <laughs> the first image you see but I recognized her as the blonde so for the for most of the film I was like well I know we're going to there with her so I was waiting to figure out how we were going to get there with her yeah I was really delighted that we didn't go the pregnancy route with her no, we didn't do that, which, yeah, that was definitely pleasantly unexpected that we didn't go that route. Pleasant C. 
that was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You're here all week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the fact, though, that the whole the mirror things tie that it tied together and that they're needing the mirror to pull it through. They need a big mirror. Like, I like that. And I thought yes. that was really good. Um, when, she, I, when she tried to put her fingers through the little mirror, yeah. it didn't work. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing that was great about that was when she first picked up the mirror, I expected her to start screaming about her appearance. Nope. Like Calder was clearly upset about what had happened to him. Calder, I always took that he was trying to fight the possession. That's why he's mm -hmm. singing. And when he sees the group, that's when he has that little bit of humanity left. That's why he tries to kill himself. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work. And that's when the possession takes over. That's how I, I read called, called, called her insane. Like, yeah. I don't know. And like when he, he killed himself, he killed yeah. the part of himself that was fighting it. Yeah. In hopes of just not giving them a vessel, but yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, they didn't go with the expected thing of the pretty blonde girl screaming because of what had happened to her appearance. No, no, she was totally on board with it. And was looking for a mirror. She was she was on mission. Yeah. So, and then she went and found the mirror and was trying to uh, do what needed to be done. Yeah. So I do have to ask Donna real quick. Did your inner Southern Baptist girl seize up when it said Jesus was an extraterrestrial in this? Um. <laughs> Since we have talked about her before, that is why I have to ask. And that is a that is a gonzo thing with this film. Um, I mean, and there's a lot of gonzoness with this film. There is a is... lot of gonzoness. No, of the things that bothered the little Southern Baptist girl deep inside my head, that that was the least bothersome. Okay, I think because technically that could be applied. <laughs> All, right. All right, to a uh, to a um, supernatural being, extraterrestrial could actually be appropriately applied to a supernatural being. Okay, not of this earth. All right. There you go. So yeah. I, that that really didn't bother me. Not not necessarily sacrilegious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Like I said, I was just curious because mm -hmm. I've I had forgotten that bit. So when I when it came up, I was like, oh, I need to ask Donna about that. <laughs> yeah. No, I was I was okay with that. Some of the rest <laughs> of it was a lot more bothersome. Okay. Because if you if you're that deeply bothered by what's happening in this movie, buckle up. We're in for a run here. <laughs> yeah. We. Ooh, ooh, this is. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, buddy. Mm -hmm. Do we have anything else, gang? I don't know. I could talk about 80s computers and movies and that sort of thing, but I think I already talked myself to death on that with the uh, screen typing. Okay. Did anyone, speaking of the screen typing, did anyone want to go steal one of those nice clicky clacky keyboards? Oh, I've got plenty of them myself. So, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. But I'm, yeah, no, clicky clacky is important. I, uh, I really did kind of want one of those nice. Yeah clicky clacky keyboards because i don't have one anymore yeah no nope. those are the best uh but also like 80s like i i miss that aesthetic of 80s computers where it would show up like mother in alien is, is sort of the peak of that like we go into the like with alien you'll go into those universes again but all the computers are updated even in a prequel like i i why why can't we go ahead and Make a movie where the computer is just old bullshit that would never run a spaceship. I yeah, I'm, this is my 
Andy Rooney end of the show <laughs> thing. Like, I think computers are too modern these days. In my day, computers were green and they beep with every little thing you did in it. Sure, Grandpa. <laughs> okay. And on that note, let's let's move into rule polling quote. Um so with quote, we, we did have a, a lengthy discussion. And Donna is very passionate about this quote, which we've kind of touched on a little bit. I kind of wanted to do something, you know, talk, I mean, still in the vein of bullshit, (laughs) which mine was the outside world doesn't want to hear this kind of bullshit, but it, yeah, Donna, what, why, why were you fighting so hard for this quote? Well, it just, it just occurred to me. We didn't actually mention how this film ended. So (laughs) Kelly in her form as the devil's son, yeah, child, goo baby is the scientific term. Goo baby, mm-hmm. okay, um, <laughs> finds a large enough mirror to pull Satan through, and no, Satan's father. That's the thing. Oh, Count, yeah, Satan's father. Satan's father. Just in this discussion, this movie is a little crowded for its own good. Like, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Re- All right. Recapping the ending, we seem a little lost at sea, and I don't think it's our fault. No, I don't All either. Right. So, at any rate, continue, Donna. So, possessed Kelly is pulling the great hoof-handed awfulness through the mirror when. Catherine comes running down the hall and finds wish.com Tom Atkins fighting one of the possessed and hoof-handed bad guy coming through the mirror takes a lot longer to decide which problem she should deal with than I feel like she should have. It feels to me like there was an obvious choice there. And then she flings herself through the mirror with Kelly and hoof-handed bad guy. Priest Loomis flings a fire axe at the mirror, shattering it and sealing everybody on the other side. I almost wish I had not seen the movie and I just heard this recap. This recap is (laughs) wild in and of itself. Yeah. So this brings me to a quote from... Wish.com, Tom Atkins with a T. He's baby Atkins. Little Atkins. Little Atkins. Um, Atkins with a T without the bulk. Which he said to Catherine earlier in the film, which was confirmed sexist and proud of it. Hey, what happened? So when I originally wrote that quote down, I thought this will never get approved as the quote. And then I saw the ending of the movie and I was like, no, no, this quote works because Mr. Confirmed Sexist just got his ass saved by his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Saved. I mean, no one will be saved. So says it the computer. (laughs) Wait, hold on. I can wait. I got you on that one. You will not be saved by the Holy Ghost. You will not be saved by the God Plutonium. In fact, you will not be saved. I feel like the in fact weakens that. It <laughs> definitely, definitely does. And if Deborah Hill were there, she would have been like, Johnny Boy. Yeah, give us another read of that without the in fact. Okay. All right. Let me. <clears throat> All right. You will not be saved by the Holy Ghost. You will not be saved by the God Plutonium. You will not be saved. 
Much better. Yeah, yeah. That's tighter. It's tighter. Yeah. Okay. It's much tighter. Yeah. 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 Good. Oh, uh, I will say this about the quote. If that had been Tom Atkins, he could have pulled it off. Because you've been like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's Tom. It's, you know. Tom Atkins could have thrown off his attacker, ran down the hall, <laughs> and got her hand before the mirror crashed, pulled her out, and smashed the mirror himself. No, Tom's Tom Atkins' mustache would have fought off his attacker as he went down <laughs> to attack and save Catherine. See, John, you should have got Tom Atkins with a T. Or you should have made it 10 years earlier. Yeah. yeah. Either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe even five would have let Atkins fit in there. So I'm uh, just I'm just gonna ask any woman, and that includes any person who identifies as a woman i just want to be clear about this right right any woman who is looking at a man who says to them i'm a confirmed sexist and proud of it what your reaction is going to be and why he might say hey what happened because what happened is most likely you are a lot less flirty with him i know i would be unless it was tom atkins <laughs> Listen, Kenzie, cover your ears. For the record, Kenzie is covering her earphones, and that has not changed any operative situation. He's not my type. I'm into him as an action hero, but I'm not going to bed with him. He has a horror movie Charles Bronson-esque grit to him. but. that other guy either (laughs) on that note macula you got a rule uh don't go out for extra credit kids just do your work doesn't end well yeah do your work but even then if you're failing just take take that f man Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. when the professor's like i've got an idea for you to get some extra credit nah never (laughs) ends well never ends well if you need the extra credit you've you've already messed up yeah yeah yeah, and if that, well, I'm speaking as the professor in the group, right? If you if if you feel like you need the extra credit for job experience so to put it on your resume, like like more, that's that's bad too. So don't do it. Stop it, kids. Mm-hmm. That's your PSA from your poltergeist. <laughs> Just establish a good, solid study regime. Yep. Is regime the right word there? Regimen. Regimen, Regimen is Very the word close. I meant there. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say habit, but that those, those work too. My study regime will last for a thousand years. <laughs> and other lines that would have sounded great with Pleasance. <laughs> <laughs> Brains are funny. Oh, and Mac, you have our poll. So, I don't know, fam. Did the world end in 1999? Question mark. We are in the darkest timeline. Yeah, I'm- I mean... I have a hard time pointing to a year since uh, one turned to two that wasn't just a little demented beyond what it should have been. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of, yeah. It does make a lot of things make sense. It does. Uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, the, the the disturbing thing is that the crazy ass shit that happened in the first few years of the new millennium seem normal to the crazy shit that's happening now. Here's here's the thing that's going to make you keep you up at night, not, you know, uh, young Atkins turning around and, you know, 
seeing goo baby girlfriend uh, all ready to go in 20 years are we going to view now as relatively normal oh yeah we're going to look back on now like a former president having a mugshot yeah and go yeah Yeah, it's fine yeah i mean it it was weird at the time i remember that but compared to now i'd take that in a minute oh God, that's terrifying. That is terrifying. That's the thing that frightens me about everything. Carpenter, call me. We can write a deeply, deeply pitch black cynical script about just what is happening and what will happen. And if you want to throw some goo babies in there, that's fine. Atkins is still alive. Pleasance is dead. We'll roll with the punches, baby. Okay, I gotta. Oh, I gotta get us a palate cleanser. Let's let's <laughs> let's jump into Happy Place. Oh man. Ooh. Because we went. We went as dark as the movie. We did. We did. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we, we, it was we, on theme. We we read the room. We understood the assignment. <laughs> okay, I'll go first on Happy Place because I wrote <laughs> mine down. So my Happy Place is Ahsoka has finally started and we're yeah. getting to to the, see that. And I'm here for all of it. Not just for the whole Grand Admiral of it all, but yeah, Ahsoka started and I'm... Are I'm you sure? Sure, you're not just there for the Grand Admiral. I mean, I, mean, it, it, I, I know, I know about your your Thrawn thing. It, it is a lot. It does do a lot, and I mean, but I'm also I'm I'm intrigued. This is an an area of of the Star Wars lore that I am intrigued by because I don't know what's going to happen. And for someone that has been in the fandom basically since birth, this is exciting. I don't know what's going to happen, so that's my happy place. Okay. I'll tell you something that I am excited about okay. is that when I saw the Demeter, yeah. there was an advertisement about two movies that ha- were having their anniversaries that were going to be back in theaters. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Christine. And I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Maybe not one of the best Stephen King movies ever. Or even the best John Carpenter movies ever, bringing it exactly. back to bringing yeah. it back to John Carpenter. But I'm pretty excited about it because I liked that movie. I liked the music. I hated the line, I hate rock and roll. But otherwise, I liked that movie. Have we done that? We no, have not. we have not. Maybe we should make an event of it. Possibly. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm kind of excited about that. What you got, Meg? Uh, the semester is beginning and I feel like I have a control over it as much as I have a control over the 18,000 things that are always floating above my head. So (laughs) good. All right. Well, you can find us right now. We're on most of the social medias. Uh, we are on Instagram and threads, uh, at beyond cabin in the woods, Facebook, same thing. We also have a webpage we're on blue sky beyond the cabin we're still on twitter at beyond cabin i am on twitter instagram threads blue sky at callista 77 i am on blue sky and instagram uh on blue sky at dragongoblin.com and on instagram i'm dragon goblin in both cases, there is no I to be found. I am at partyapocalypse.bsky.social or .social.bsky. I got to get that .com thing working on bsky. But it's the same handle anywhere. Uh, Party Apocalypse there. Uh, Party Apocalypse everywhere. 
uh, Spoutable, and that's the only two places I'm hanging out right now. The Twitter page still exists, and it'll probably stay up, uh, but it'll be difficult to get me to interact there at all. The website, partyapocalypse.com, has this podcast and other fine podcasts, including The Holodeck is Broken, Disorganized, a Criminal Minds podcast, and full runs of Friendables, two friends talking about Hannibal Lecter, As the Myth Turns and the Fourth Wall, the end. Thank you to our editor, Billy, who uh, always makes us sound very professional. We do appreciate it. Love you, Billy. And thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us if you aren't doing so already. Mash that button. Both of them. Both the buttons. Mash them. It's a mashing kind of week. Yeah, just mash them. And don't read the Latin. But if you do translate it very quickly on a computer, it'll beep every keep stroke you have because that's how things work back then. Clickety-clack. Clickety-clack. Beep, beep. Clickety-clack. Beep, beep. Do you know what horror is?